Jacob today. Jacob. As uh, I was studying this and as we look at it today, uh, uh, God laid some things on my heart about being a grandpa. And uh, you look at these things and it's a journey that God takes us through in the lives of these men here. And it's amazing that Three of these men that we look at, it's at the end of their life, God talks to us about them. Uh, you look at Isaac, it was the end of his life. Jacob is the end of his life. And next week when we talk about Joseph, it was the end of his life. So it kind of puts a theme there together that at the end of our life, what really counts? What really matters to us? And as I was thinking of being a grandpa, I thought back over my childhood, and I'm, both my grandpas were saved. And both of them love the Lord. Uh, it, it, they were both active in church. And, but they never talked to me about salvation. They never talked to me about being saved. They never talked to me about being active in church. Was I saved? I wasn't. But they never talked to me about it. I remember my grandfather on my mom's side, my mom's dad, Grandpa Sharp, I, I remember... Every evening he'd come in, or every afternoon, because he, he was an engineer and he farmed, and he'd come in in the afternoon and sit in his chair, and he'd read his Bible. In the evening he would sit and he would read his Bible. And I saw him year after year after year read his Bible. My Grandpa Smith would take me to church with him and, and take me different places, and they'd take me to meetings and, and different things, but they never talked to me about salvation. They never passed along to me Things that God did in their life. And I never realized it until I stopped and started thinking about it. And I told Linda the other day, I said, you know, I said, I've got to take my grandchildren and I've got to talk with them about things that God's done in my life. I don't want to come down to the end and die. And my grandchildren says, well, I know Grandpa went to church. I know he taught Sunday school. But I don't know a lot about it. I thought, how sad. And that's the way it was with my grandparents. I, I remember it. They were saved. I know they were saved. I heard them talk about salvation. But they never talked. And my grandpa Smith, I was the oldest grandson, and I spent many, a, many a days with him. And my grandpa Sharp, we were, me and my sister were the, one of the oldest grandchildren on that side, and we spent a lot of time with them. But it never was that important to them to talk to their grandkids about Christ. And I thought, wow. But our life lived, we live it so quick, and it's over so quick, that a lot of times we forget what's really important. And as we study these men, we look at the end of their life. We look at the end of where they were and what they did. And, and it's, it's great living for God. It's great traveling this, this world and, and doing what God wants us to do. But it really comes down to when we die. It's how we finish. It's where we're at. Look at 11, chapter 11 and verse 21. And it says, By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, end of his days, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshiped, leaning upon the top of his staff. It's, it's a sad commentary that, now we know that the problems and stuff that he had, and we're not going back all through his life, but it wouldn't have been great for, for God to put in there, from the time he knew me, he lived for me. 
and he shared. You know, but it wasn't. It was when he was dying that he looked back over his life and he blessed his two grandsons, which we're going to talk about, and it's a blessing. But it's really how we finish. But it's not only how we finish, and I've heard, I've heard messages on how strong we need to finish, and we're going to talk about today, and that's important. Because we can start out a house of fire. We can get saved at 15, 16, 17, 18 years old, and we can go off to Bible college, and we can do all those things, and we can be preachers and missionaries and everything else. But when it comes down to the end of it, you know what? It's a sad thing. We've got a lot of used-to-be's. And that's sad. Well, I used to do. I used to teach Sunday school. I used to work on buses. I used to, but I don't anymore. Why not? Well, I'm 75. I'm 80. I'm 85. I'm 90. And I don't do it anymore. Do you have a prayer life? No, not really. Do you really read your Bible? No, not really. Well, what are you doing? Well, nothing. I'm waiting to die. That's sad. I don't want it to be that way. This journey that we're taking, when I come down to the end, I want my faith to be stronger, more active, more vibrant than I do today. I want it to be that way. I want it to be that when I'm dying, my dying day, if God lets it, my dying day is the greatest day of my entire life. Why? I'm going to see Jesus. That ought to be our greatest day. That ought to be when faith is so alive. That ought to be one of the greatest things in our life. And that's what I want. I don't want to die whining and complaining about what I didn't do and what I should have did and what I could have done and I'm not doing. I don't want that. My dying day, I want it to be one of the greatest days of my life. If not the greatest day of my life because of where I'm going and what I'm doing. And as we look at this, here's a man that's dying. We learn that these people are walked by faith. In order to die with a vibrant future in Christ, they must live by faith. Trust the Lord in their daily walk. Become stronger in the Lord in the inner man. Seek God's best, God's blessing upon their life. As this body fails, I want my faith to grow stronger. Uh, let me pass out some scriptures. Brother Dave, turn over to Psalms 3737. Uh, Sister Betty, turn over to Revelations 1413. Uh, Brother Jason in the back, turn to Genesis 47, 27 through 31. Uh, Brother Kim Beeman, turn to Genesis 48, 1 through 11. Uh, Brother Russ Cook, if you'll turn to Genesis 47, 14 through 22. As we look at this, as we, as, we, as we look at the end, and the end times, and this Bible says, by faith, when he was dying. When he was dying. Read for me Psalms 37, 37, please. The end of the man is peace. It's, it's ruling presence of Christ in our life. It's the end of it. Do you have peace? I've been with men that have died lost. It's not peaceful. It's not peaceful. I've been with men that have died that are saved, born again, knew Christ, and they closed their eyes and they passed on. It was peaceful. It was peaceful. There's a difference in the dying of, of a saved person and an unsaved person. 
We're not talking so much about that. We're talking about the Christian. We're talking about peace in our heart of over what we've done, where we've been, as we look back through our lives. I was thinking the other day, and I thought, 20 years. If I go back 20 years, each of us go back 20 years in your life. I thought of Brother Don. He's still alive 20 years ago. I thought Tom was a senior in high school 20 years ago. I was 38 years old 20 years ago. And you know how fast that 20 years has gone? It's over with. It's over with. 20 years. But you look back that 20 years and you say, my Christian life, where's my faith? How have I grown? Where am I at? What am I doing? Where is God? What is he doing in my life? What has he done in these last 20 years to get me to where I am today? Or is it we look back over 20 years and we say, I really haven't done anything. I, I, I really haven't done a whole lot. Where are you going to be in the next 20 years? Where are you going to be in the next 20 years? Read for me Revelations, please. Rest upon their labors, and their work follow them. Think of that. If you were to die, and today, all your work that you've done for Christ, I'm not talking about salvation, I'm not talking about work salvation, all your work that you've done was put up for the Lord. What would it be? When we look back over your life, I die. I'm dead. And you have a service, and I hope you're all there, and I hope you're all weeping. And you're there, and you say, well, Brother Chuck, this is his life. Huh. And there'll be some that stood up and say, well, he led me to the Lord. And he did this, and he did that. My works followed me. I hope. That's what I want. I want when I die that my life was so filled with God and what he did for me and what he was doing in my life that others saw it. I said, yeah, I remember. I remember when he taught on that. I remember when he spoke about that. Yeah, I remember. I remember. Or is it, I don't know too much about him. Is it like my grandpa's? Now, I know they were saved, but for a child of God, the last days on this earth should be his greatest. Spurgeon said, we may have thunder and lightning and storms of all kinds in the morning and at the noonday of, the, of our life. But when the sun is setting, as the sun begins to go down in our lives, there was and should be a peace that only God promises his children. It's so important of what we do and how we live and how we die. Jacob recognizing God's presence. By faith, Jacob recognized God's presence in his life. For all lives, journey will be dealing with this discerning God's presence and knowing God's work opposed to man's work. We're going to live this life 
And as we go through this life and as we travel through this life, we're going to have our lives touched by different people and different things. And we need to discern what is of God and what isn't of God. And that what is of God is important. That what is of man is not important. You know, but what we do is we go through this life and we don't realize that we get so busy with family, with with wives and with children and with work and making a living and all that, that we really don't understand that till we get older. And that's a shame. Because all those decisions that we're making that's not important and we're making because man wants us to make them and we're not discerning what God wants and we're missing where God's at. Here's a man, Jacob. He knows the presence of God. This pilgrimage we were on is a great adventure. Not because of where we're traveling to, but because of who we're journeying with. It's who we journey with that makes this life so exciting. It's journeying with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's our living and journeying with him. My wife and me... We like doing things. We like going places. We were together yesterday and, and spending time together. And my kids are gone, and we enjoy that time. We enjoy going off doing stupid things. It doesn't matter. We just like being together. We, my, my kids look at me and say, what are you guys going there for? I just want to be with mom. Ah, they're young. They don't realize it. But I enjoy it. She's always told me, that if she dies before I do, she says, I'll be waiting right there so I can take you around heaven and say, come see this. I want to show this to you. I've been waiting for you. I want you to see this. I want to enjoy it with you. And that's the way it ought to be. But that's the way it ought to be with Jesus Christ. As we journey through this land and as we do things, and by faith we look at God and we say, I want to journey with you. I want to be with Christ. I want you to be the most important in my life. I want a fellowship with you. I want every day to walk and talk and be part of my life. I want a journey with Christ. And as we look at these men and we, we study their lives and we can't go back through and study it all, but they journeyed and as their journey went through, they journeyed with God. Abraham, seven times God met with him and blessed him and talked with him. Five times he met with his, his grandson, Jacob. And all five times were for rebuke. He came down, he wasn't doing what he should be doing, wasn't going where he should be going, wasn't doing what should be done, and God came down and dealt with him. He had an appointment with God. God made an appointment. We look at sometimes our disappointments, and we say, my, it's disappointed there, disappointed there, disappointed there. Our disappointments a lot of times are appointments with God that he's trying to teach us things that we won't take time to learn. We say, I ain't got time for that. Boy, I was disappointed over that, and I was disappointed over that, and it's just not working here, and my Christian life's not working there, and salvation's not working here, and I prayed, and it didn't work there, and I read my Bible, and it didn't work there. And God says, wait a minute. Slow up. Take your time. Learn of me. Study me. Listen to me. End up strong. The journey is we're taking is with Christ. Jacob realized that. 
God appeared to Abraham, I said seven times, and he appeared to Jacob five times, and it was for, for Jacob's understanding, it was for correction. Read for me Genesis uh, 42:36. Did I give that out? I didn't give that out. All right, flip over to Genesis. Genesis 42, 36. And Jacob, his father, said unto him, May we have ye bereaved of the, my children. Joseph is not, and Simeon is not, and will ye take Benjamin away? All these things are against me. He's standing there, and we, we understand, and we can't go through the whole story about Joseph being sold, and he's gone, and the boys come in, and they go to Egypt. God, or Father sends them there to get food and all that. And then he's sitting here, and he's disappointed. Jacob is. And he's disappointed. But look at the last, look at the last part of that verse. All these things are against me. He looked at his life, and he looked at the loss of his sons, and he said, Joseph is gone, and, been, and all these things are against me. Were they against him? No. No. God was working everything out to bless him. God was working everything out for him to see, but he couldn't see it. You know why? He wasn't looking by faith. He wasn't listening to what God was trying to tell him. He was looking back over things and he says, this is all a mess. Look at, look at uh, 48, chapter 48, verse 16. The first part of this. And the angel which appeared unto me for all, from all evil blessed the lads and let my name be named on them. All right, the angel he's talking about, he's talking about God here. And he's talking about how God now is blessing him. He went through all the disappointments and all that and he's dying and he's, he's blessing Joseph's sons, his grandchildren. He's got his hands on two of them and he's going to bless them. And God says, and, and finally he looks at it and he says, I see now. God's brought me here for this reason. He's got this for me to do. By faith. He's standing on the threshold of eternity, looking back across his life. He says, now I can see that it was God who appeared to me to redeem me, to bring me out, to deliver me from the evil. God intervened. He saw me through what appeared to be a catastrophe. By faith, Jacob recognized the presence of God. When we don't exercise faith in God, we fail to see God's presence. We begin to complain and think, all these things are against me. I can't believe this happened to me. I can't believe this is going on in my life. I can't believe God let this happen. But when we look at the things by faith, we see the hand of God moving in our lives. God's moving. God's touching. God wants us to live by faith. But we've got to recognize it. We've got to understand it. And finally, Jacob understood it. He saw God moving. We understand that our disappointments are God's appointments to meet with us and to deliver us and to teach us what he's trying to teach us. We recognize that the Lord's presence in our lives is a great thing. Jacob rested in the Lord in God's promises. Read for me uh, Genesis 27, or 47, 27 through 31, please.
All right, he's dying. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to be buried in Egypt. He takes his son, Joseph, and he talks to Joseph and he says, I don't want my bones to be buried here. I want you to bury me in the promised land where God promised us. And Joseph makes a promise and he says, okay, father, I'll do that. I'll do what you asked me to do. I will not bury you here. I'll take you. When we leave here, I will take you. And he did. That was important to him. He wanted to know that. All right, read for me over in in, uh, 48, 1 through 11, please. Look at verse 11, and it says, Israel, now this is Jacob, God has changed his name, and this, this Israel means prince, of, prince with God. And Israel said unto Joseph, I had not thought to see thy face, and lo, God has showed me thy seed. Remember when Joseph was taken away, and they came back, and the boy says, you know, the animal killed him, and they took the coat, and it was all bloody, and he thought he was dead. He thought he'd never see Joseph again. He could not see the hand of God moving. He could not see that. In all those years, he thought he was dead. And then in verse 11, he says, not only did I get to see your face again, but I got to see my grandchildren. Think of that. What a blessing. What a blessing. God moves and God does things in our lives and by faith we've got to trust him and we've got to let God do what he wants to do and we've got to walk by that faith and we've got to live by that faith because God's got things out there for us that we have no idea of. And it's when we stop and we say, I can't do that. I'm not doing that. I'm not going there. I'm not going to be here. I'm not, I'm not doing it. We tell God, No. God says, but if you'll just walk with me a little further, if you'll just trust me, I'll show you things. 
I'll do things in your life that you never thought. And that's what he's saying there. He's saying, I never thought I'd see your face again, Joseph. But not only that, I got to see my grandchildren. Jacob was dying. And he knew it. But he had a promise from God. And he trusted in that promise. As Jacob was dying, he was going to be blessed. And he was going to bless bless Joseph's sons. Joseph positioned his hands, and we're going to read about that. Here he brings his two sons in. He brings his oldest and his youngest. And he puts his hand, gets it where his daddy can't see. Come here, Brother Mike. Come here, Brother Dave. He can't see. It's amazing. All these men are dying, and they can't see. So that tells us about our eyesight. It's failing. We're going to move you this way and this way. Here's, the, here's, no, you got to turn this way. You got to face me, because if not, we're going to mess me up. All right. Joseph comes in and he places his eldest son this way, so the right hand of Jacob will be here and his left hand will be here. Because the blessing goes through the right hand. So he's going to bless the eldest. But what Jacob does, and we're going to look at it here, Jacob, he crosses his hands and he puts his right hand on Ephraim and his left hand on the eldest son. We say, What's that got to do with anything? Because that's exactly what God wanted. That's exactly the way God wanted it. He knew that God was going to bless and the great nation of of what Ephraim was going to do. And you study that. And you study the tribe of Ephraim. Tremendous tribe. Tremendous. God's blessing was all over it because of that blessing. God knew it. By faith, by faith, Jacob had to understand that. He just didn't do it by accident because this is the way they're set up. This is the way Joseph brought him in. He said, Dad can't see, and I don't want him to stumble around about this thing. I want him to do what's right, and I want him to bless my eldest son, and I want him to not bless the younger one. I want the blessing to go who I think it ought to go to. Didn't happen that way. It's kind of like what happened with Jacob. And Esau, blessings were switched. You guys can sit down. Thank you. God has a plan. God has direction for our life. God's got direction for us to go and what he wants in us. By faith, God tells him, cross your hands. This is what I want you to do. I want the younger to be blessed. I want Manasseh, the older, not to have that blessing. We have an advantage of looking back on knowing all this. And the tribe of Ephraim became a great dominating tribe in Israel. God revealed it to Jacob, these things, when he was dying. Jacob rested in the faith he had in God. That's where we need to be. We need to be able to rest no matter what goes on in our life, no matter the situation, no matter when the world looks at it and says, it's all a mess, we need to look at it and say, It's all in God's hand. And really mean it. We say it, but how many of us go and fret over things? How many of us fretted this week over money and work and what's going on in the economy? How many of us fretted over all this other stuff that's going on? It's in God's hands. It's all in God's hand. If we're going to walk by faith and we're going to live by faith and we're going to die by faith, then we've got to look out at it and say, God, by faith, it's all yours. I don't understand it. I can't control it. I know nothing about it. But God, by faith, I'm trusting it. By faith, 
he put his hands on these boys. Read for me over in Genesis chapter 48, 14 through 22, please. Okay, he blesses Joseph. He blessed his sons. He said, this is the way it's going to be. Joseph said, no, it can't be that way. It's got to be the other way. And he said, no, I know what you're telling me. I know. I'm not, I haven't lost my senses. I know what you're saying, Joseph, but this is the way God wants it. And he blessed him. And he blessed the boys. And you read it. And you read the tribes. And you see what happened. And he blessed Joseph. But one important thing there, he says, he's going to take you to the land that he's promised me. The promise goes on. Here we said in 2009, and the promise goes on. He said, I'll take you to that land. I'll take you to heaven. You'll be there. Trust me. By faith, walk. Listen to what I tell you. Live like I tell you. Do what I ask you to do. Trust me. And I'll take you to that land. But it's the journey along the way that's the blessing. It's the journey. The journey that God gives us to live our lives and to travel this earth serving Him. When we don't do that, we miss one of the greatest blessings God has for us this side of heaven. One of the greatest blessings is getting up every morning and saying, God, lead me. Teach me today. Show me today. Do in my life today. 
Let me see you move by faith. We miss that. Psalms 37, 37 says, Make the perfect man, and, he, and behold, the upright, and the end of that man is peace. We have an appointment with death. We're going to meet him. We're going to die. Revelation says that Jesus Christ has already met him and already conquered him. We have nothing to fear. Jacob was dying. He worshiped God. He had peace in God. We have that faith in God, resting in God, trusting in his promises, and recognizing his presence. That's what it's all about. It's how we end up. I don't want to end up, as I said before, as I used to do. I don't do that anymore. I quit that. I got old. I got old. These men were old. And God's hand was on them. God blessed them. God's hand was there. Like I said, my dying day, the day that I leave this world, it ought to be the greatest day of my life on this earth. And it's because of the faith I've put in Jesus Christ. He was dying. He stood up there. He put his hands on his staff. He reached out and he touched these two boys and he blessed them. And he told Joseph, don't forget my bones. Don't leave me here. Take me with you because you're moving on into the promised land. I'm asking you, who are you taking with you and moving them on into the promised land? Who are you moving with? Who are you trying to get to go to heaven? Who are we working at? By faith, he did it. By faith, are we doing it? Let's pray. Father, we thank you.